Welcome everybody, this is Andrea and I'd like to welcome you to our August webinar and podcast episode. A quick reminder on asking questions, if you're joining us live you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time, just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. I'll now hand over to Mark Holton and David Smith, SmithInc Directors, who will introduce our webinar panellists and be facilitating today's session. Over to you, Mark and David. Well, thank you, Andrea. And uh, on behalf of David and myself, welcome and welcome to the August SmithInc webinar. Jeez, um, i tell you what, black and white photos do make you look a lot younger. I've got to be honest. Uh, that's Smitty and myself, to be honest. Um, guys, something a bit different this month. We've actually got four wonderful presenters joining us today, and we're going to debate the future of the accounting industry. In fact, we have one question for each of our four presenters, and they're going to give their views on what they see the industry doing over the next 12 months. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Dave Francis, Petrus Lactus, John Toulos, and Matt Fian. And for Dave, perhaps let's start with you. Dave Francis is the general manager of the Access Group. As a business consultant and leadership coach, David has worked with established and emerging leaders in a broad range of industries on maximising their personal effectiveness. For the last 10 years, he's been working with the biggest and best accounting firms in Australia and New Zealand and is currently the general manager of Asia Pacific for the accountants group at the Access Group. Dave, welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Mark. Good stuff, Dave. Dave, from your perspective, what would you see to be the top priorities for the next 12 months in our industry? Well, uh, once again, David Francis from the Access Group. So as a maker of software for accountants, I've got a fairly technology-type bias to my thoughts on this one. And my esteemed colleagues who have uh, uh, much deeper knowledge in other areas, including accounting, I'm sure we'll round that out. But to start out with three points in and around technology. Uh, one thing I think requires a focus in the next 12 months, potentially at the slightly boring end of the spectrum, is data security, cyber security. Now, as accountants, obviously custodians of an enormous amount of sensitive data, which you know, and we have watched as some quite big companies have got famous for all the wrong reasons uh, recently as victims of data breaches. So not a new concept. However, why I think this uh, deserves a focus for the next 12 months is that uh, I think that threat is going to be ramping up. And that's in part based on the fact that some of the most enthusiastic adopters of some of this new uh, AI type technology are the villains in the cybercrime game. So I think we're going to see um, increases in the quantity and quality of some of those attacks that are aimed at a perceived weakness in your ecosystem, which is your human beings. So this is, unfortunately, that same technology that allows us good people to be collectively and individually more efficient, also drives efficiencies for the bad guys. So we could see some of these attacks, I'm thinking of those phony emails or other online approaches that look like they've come from a partner or a colleague within the firm or a client or supplier outside the firm, I think we're going to see more of those and uh, unfortunately, I think they're going to look more convincing and therefore harder to spot. 
So I think it's more important than ever over these next 12 months to make sure that you've got those policies in place. And importantly, ongoing training for all your people, all those with access to the systems on how to, uh, on awareness on this stuff and how to avoid danger. So that's the first point. The second one I'd like to highlight for a focus this year is to up the ante on the client-centric nature of your engagements by embracing a CRM or CX customer experience mindset. Now, a lot of this is about capturing and organizing as much data as possible about your clients in one place. This is your current clients and your future clients. Now, some industries are very good at managing and maintaining CRM systems. But accountants traditionally have not been at the very top of that list. We have, uh, across the industry, many firms that have an enormous amount of valuable data that is sitting in Excel, um, Outlook inboxes and sent items, uh, marketing systems, and even um, uh, CRM systems that are detached from the master client records. So with that CRM-centric approach, and certainly we at Access are building that the philosophy of the one master client record that has all that lovely CRM functionality and depth of uh, and richness of data in the practice management tool, which is where you do your time and billing and workflows, et cetera. And all that being in one place significantly increases the value of that data in terms of driving uh, more client-centric uh, and engaging outcomes. So it's about picking a tool that's able to facilitate that and prioritizing the plunge of getting some of that lovely uh, valuable data into a place that it can be driven uh, or help drive better client results. And the third point that I'd like to raise, once again, uh, AI related, is specifically thinking about how the individuals in your firm are using it. And one thing that's been fascinating to me in this explosion of AI use uh, in the last nine months even, has been that it's been very much driven through individuals as opposed to through businesses. So if we take ChatGPT, for example, which is one that's uh, less than nine months old, believe it or not, but getting a huge amount of press, um, we can safely assume that the majority of workers within an accounting firm have ChatGPT in their pocket and let's say one or two AI tools uh, connected to their browser, their internet browser, that they live in all day long on their laptop. Now, this amazing technology wasn't given to them by their boss or by the IT department. Right? Many times, this is stuff that people have individually found online and connected with, and it is very tempting to use these tools for all sorts of stuff, including work stuff. And that use is not necessarily visible to the managers and partners within the firm. Now, this stuff is moving so quickly that, again, ChatGPT is one of thousands of options. Um, uh, there will be a next big thing that comes along any moment now. So, spoiler alert, 12 months ago, no one had heard of ChatGPT. Through the next 12 months, I don't know who, but there will be another one, right? So it's impossible to be across all the specifics. But one thing I would definitely have on the priority list is establishing some ground rules in terms of how the people within the firm use these external tools, essentially, to make them more efficient, and especially thinking data. 
So there's some stuff that should not be um, run through the chat GPT lens. Right? I'm sure you're visualizing all those sort of things. It could be very tempting to take a scenario and stick it through and say, what do you think chat GPT? But as a firm, we need to be really clear where that line is drawn as to what is um, uh, appropriate for that use and what isn't. So it's massively exciting technology. It's driving a lot of our, our roadmaps at, at access. But I think over the next 12 months, it's that focus on this individual use case and how you control that uh, at the level of the firm. Thanks, Dave. That's, that's fantastic. Guys, just a, a quick reminder, if you have got any questions of our panellists today, pop them into the chat box and we'll certainly come back and address them at the end of the session. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. I think it's, it's an exciting time with technology in the industry. And certainly one of the greatest challenges is how do we seize it? How do we turn it into a service? How do we improve the customer experience? I thought that was quite fascinating. Our next speaker is Petrus Laptus from the, the Artisian. Have I got that right? Petrus of Chain. You got it. That's <laughs> it's a big word for an accountant. Petrus has worked in accounting, law, academia, banking, business and trading. She has consulted to the government and industry and published several books and hundreds of papers. She's also studied commerce, law, coaching, NLP, which I believe is neuro-linguistic programming. Yep. And also hypnosis and is passionate about helping professionals thrive and succeed. Petrus, I've got the same question for you. From your yep. perspective, what would the top priorities be for the next 12 months for an accounting firm? Um. So I've got a slightly different focus from Dave, but I love something that he said, and I'll tell you how I've seen people use it. I'm about the people. So when I've gone into firms and I'm, I'm doing a lot of coaching, I'm doing a lot of strategy days with them, what I'm hearing is about the difficulties that they're having recruiting and retaining staff. So that would be my focus for the next 12 months. And one of the ways that I have interestingly seen them use chat GPT and it gave me a big smile, is that I'm all about how you give some more positive feedback and encourage the engagement with your team. And I have a number of managers at the moment who use chat GPT to turn their review points into more positive ways of expressing the same thing. So they just run through the review point. There we go. I'm now giving you positive feedback. So it's the lazy way to be kind, but it seems to be working. So the things that I'm seeing are burnout rates. Um, it's the first year in 30 years of doing this that I've been asked to run workshops on purpose and meaning. Our team has lost its way. Our firms just doesn't know why we're doing what we're doing anymore. So I and KPMG has done a lot of work in this space as well. So I'm I go in and I reinvigorate why we do what we do and how we can do it. And a lot of the burnout stuff. I tie into strategy days with them and I look at what is it that you want out of working in an accounting firm and um, what is it mainly that they talk about they want out of their clients. So there's a push from the people in the firm to have, um, and I'll just be naughty and say their actual language, their actual language is can we get rid of the shit clients? And they're the ones who don't pay on time, who don't give you the information, who are rude to the receptionist. So they're all about we want a nicer workplace to do the same job that we've been doing, if that makes sense. Now, why we're having trouble recruiting at the moment and across the board, every firm I go into has got vacancies advertised. Um, and we've got this perfect storm that's happened after COVID in Australia in that we had increased workloads 
47% of our accounting profession in Australia is overseas migrants. And when we cut down migration during that COVID period, we've given ourselves a shortfall then in, in our capacity to re recruit staff. We've also got uh, 30% fewer people studying accounting in the last 10 years than we had 10 years ago. So it's not seen as a sexy, exciting profession. So we don't have the people in the pipeline coming through to fill the jobs that we need filled. And then we're asking for them to have experience as well, and that's that's making it really tough. So these are the things that I've been talking to people about that they're looking at me going, what can we do? So I'll, I'll just share with you some of the things some of the firms are doing. Some have made me laugh and smile, and some I've gone, good luck with that. Let me know how you go. So one firm that I've gone into has handed over the recruiting process to the 20 to 25-year-olds, and they're doing TikTok videos to get people in because they're saying that's the age group you want in, let us look after this. I've gone, wow. So they're, they're trying to be innovative in how they're doing it. I'm working with two firms at the moment who've gone, the hours that we work in accounting are crazy and we can't keep it up. So they're looking at, and I'm helping them with productivity and as David's done with automation ways and also getting admin team to step up and do jobs that are repetitive so that they want to work either four or four and a half days a week but still achieve the same outcomes and same income for the firm. So they're looking at how can we make this more reasonable. Um, a lot of them are looking at um, uh, one place is just getting all the admin team to set up work papers. So professional staff aren't doing any of that stuff. Some of them are automating work papers. Some of them are um, automating emails in ways they've never done before because they looked at their work processes and they've gone, we spend a lot of time following up with clients, so that's wasted time. So I'm looking at them, um, getting them to do those sorts of things. The other things that we're doing are um, just look at look at the way if you too hard to recruit staff, then you want to keep the ones that you've got happy. And there's a lot of research coming out about they need to feel like it's a psychologically safe environment and they need to feel like they belong. The way you do that is appreciation for what they do, gratitude and the positive feedback, which is how the chat GPT stuff comes in. But I'm slowly getting cultural change where I've gone in terms of people just connecting with their team. And um, we just used to, when all of us probably started work, you did what you had to do and you didn't really expect much for it. But now I'm teaching the human connection with the appreciation for the job and we're getting improvements in um, team satisfaction in all the firms just with small, simple tweaks and changes and then they're not losing staff like they were. So that's that's what I would think is, and one of the ways they're doing that as well is looking at the nature of the clients that they have and some firms have stopped taking on more clients because we just can't service them with what we've got. Mm -hmm. And then they're getting rid of the ones that are not worthwhile having, which I think is just good business anyway. So that's that's what I would think is look after your team if you can and put into place some of the automation strategies or the software strategies to help you let your team cope with the workloads we've got. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Petrus. That's fantastic. I love the idea of the younger guys recruiting younger guys and using different methodologies to be able to cut through. I think that's a fantastic strategy. It's brilliant. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. <laughs> oh, pleasure, Petrus. Pleasure. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Our third speaker, guys, is uh, John Tulos. Uh, John's well-known. 
as the creator, lead presenter of the Global Business Camps and also running a practice called Indigo Financial. John, or as he's otherwise known, the Golden Greek, has come all the way back from Greece after five weeks leave just to do this today. If you believe that, I can see your block of flats plus Tasmania. Uh, John is the Managing Director of Indigo Financial, an accounting and tax firm in Adelaide, and the founder and lead presenter of the Global Business Camps. Having worked closely with businesses from different parts of the world, he has vast experience in applying business strategies, producing excellent results. John will share with us the four simple processes that they use in their practice to engage clients into more advisory type work. John, welcome. Hey, Mark, how are you? Hey, uh, thanks for coming all the way home from Greece, mate. What? Yeah, uh, I was, I was, I was there. I was off for seven weeks, six weeks overseas. So, no need to explain, John. It's quite okay. <laughs> um, from your perspective, John, what do you reckon the, the top priorities firms should be looking at over the next couple, next 12 months or so? Yeah, cheers, Mark. Uh, guys, I, I'm an accountant, as as Mark's already said, as well as running the Global Business Camps. And one of the things we did, and this I'm digressing, one of the things we did over the last few months was probably the last 12 months inc was increase all our fees because we were struggling to cope with all the work. We were giving great value. So we thought, hang on a minute, these clients need to pay a bit more. So one of the things you could do if you haven't done it already uh, to help help the practice with the workload is increase your fees. If clients don't like it, they'll typically go. But what we found was 99% of them didn't even say anything. You know, so it was that was just that's just an aside. I've got five things I want to share for the next next 12 months. One is a, a client service focus. I think we need to be focusing on that. The other one is value-added services. And I know Mark always talks about value-added service. So I think we should be looking at that. Uh, the third one is a bit exactly what Petra said, uh, focus on the team. I think that's really, really important because we have been through a, uh, you know, a tough time over the last few years. And that's why taking a break and getting away is always good. The fourth thing I'm going to touch on is communication and it's communication constantly and it's communicating with your team, but also with your clients. Really important. And the fifth thing I'm going to, I'm going to touch on is the global business camps, which is something that's really close to my heart, something that we developed a few years ago and we get accounting firms coming along with their clients to really change the client's mindset and all the team get CPD hours. So I'm going to go through those five. So the first thing, client service focus. Why is it important? It's important because it is difficult now for clients. They've come out of a tough time with, with COVID. You know, there's been a lot of change. Uh, they all have uh, separate issues they've got to focus on in their industries. Now we've been hit with interest rate rises. So there's, there's things that are, that are happening in our economy. Clients need our help. So it's really important we focus on them. The other thing that I talk about a lot is we are the trusted advisor. They trust us. Uh, we're, we're one of the most, well, one of the most uh, recognised industries in uh, out there. People come to us for help. We shouldn't let them down. We should help them with their goals and their dreams. And, and one of the discussions you should be having with, with all your clients is, what are your goals? What are your dreams? Take it away from the tax and accounting. It's not just tax and accounting that we're offering. What, where, where do you guys want to be in a few years' time? How can we help you get there? Really important. Um, so what does client service mean? To me, it means being available. Uh, you might agree or disagree with this, but I, I give uh, all my A-grade clients my mobile. They can ring me anytime. So I had a couple of calls while I was overseas. Wasn't a problem at all to me. I love it. I enjoy it. They can call me on the weekend. If they're out buying a car, 
whatever it might be, and they want to ring me, they can ring me. Um, be a sounding board. Be there. So uh, be available and, and be a connector. Like David said, you know, data security, CRM is important. Be the connector to bring these people in the loop. Bring the people like David in front of your clients. It's really important. People like Petrus in front of your clients talking about team. Uh, the aim should be lifetime value, I believe. Uh, the longer, obviously, we keep them, the, longer, the more they're worth to us, the better value we're going to be able to give them, the better the outcome they're going to have. In terms of number two, focusing on value-added services, we're probably all doing it. Uh, um, the question is, how are we all doing it? Do we have a bit of a structure? Uh, that's why our Global Business Camp is, is a great way to, to actually get some structure behind it. Uh, but in terms of advisory, in terms of budgeting, we're finding that a lot of clients are, are needing more and more budgeting services now, and that then leads to other services. So please talk talk to your clients about these things. Uh, they, they typically do see us as the tax accountant. We have to change that focus. Focusing on the team, plenty of training. I think getting them to young guns like you guys are probably all going to young guns. If you're not, you should be going there. Talking to the rest of the team about coming along to Young Guns would be great. Coming along to our global business camp with your clients, with your part, principals, partners in your firm, and obviously other tech, technical um, uh, uh, training is important. You've got to have the right culture in the firm, uh, and, and Petrus alluded to that. You know, make our firm sexy and exciting were words, and I love that because sexy is one of my cool words. I use that all the time. Uh, if we're sexy and exciting, we'll get the right talent. We'll get we'll get the people motivated, and we'll get them helping our clients grow their businesses, and also in turn grow our own businesses because it's very important. Fourth thing: communication constantly, whether it's newsletters, whether it's picking up the phone, whether it's events, whether it's uh, 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 functions, uh, whether it's going and seeing your clients. Really need to constantly communicate because the more we communicate, it helps us differentiate. When it helps us differentiate, gives us better chance to get more talent. And we know it's tough out there to get talent. It also helps us get other clients because if we're at the forefront of our clients' minds, you'll find that you, you get a lot of work. I've been, we've been quite fortunate, and I think it's because we've been doing a lot of communicating lately. Over the last probably 12 months, we've managed to get quite a lot of work. Actually, it started uh, around December, seven, eight months. We've picked up a lot of work and a lot of good work. Uh, so it's really important. Helps our existing clients use our services. If you're constantly communicating, they constantly see what you're offering and what how you can help them. The final thing, come along to the business camp with your clients. We're running an event next, next October. Uh, David and, and Mark uh, are involved. Uh, and we also have cool speakers like the other three guys on this panel. Uh, and you can get a lot of engagement out of it. So we, we, we there talk about lifetime value. We talk about customer service. We, we focus on the team. You know, uh, we talk about attracting talent. We focus on six secrets to run a better business. And out of that, what you get is your clients say to you, how can you help me achieve that? So you get quite a bit of work out of it. Now, I've zipped through it quite quickly. I'm not sure if I'm out of time. I'm happy to keep talking, but I think I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> You're close, John. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you so That's much. Fine. That was a great segue, John, to Young Guns because our last presenter bringing us home today, coming up the back straight, is Matt Fian from Salt Financial. Matt graduated with both law and accounting degrees and surprisingly for someone with a legal background, he's a really good guy. <laughs> Matt, for over a decade, has hands-on experience in accounting with high wealth, high net worth families, 
growth-orientated businesses and self-managed super funds. Matt became a director of accounting at Salt Financial Group in 2017, and in 2021, he made the big step from compliance accounting to build Salt's business advisory team. And having had direct experience with Matt, he's done a brilliant job in that process. Matt, it's indeed a pleasure to have you online today. Uh, what's your thoughts, Matty, on the next 12 months for the accounting industry and what we should be concentrating on? Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Mark, and um, it's, it's probably very appropriate that I'm bringing up the rear here because uh, my three points very much tie into the other three speakers. Um, so internally in our practice, efficiency is is the key focus. Um so that's that's involved a lot of a lot of process reviews. Um, we've also set up a, a project team that can do um, small sprints, three months, um, focused on on certain processes to make sure that they're getting um, looked at and reviewed properly. Um, productivity is, is is still an important focus, uh, and and going right down to who's doing what part of of the job. So the admin tasks, um, and and one thing that I've found really nice that's come out of this is. We've been very strong on this internally, but it's also opened the door for us to then take our experience and have a really strong conversation with our clients. Um, and and I'm very much one when I'm when I've set up this business advisory team and the growth that we've had through it is just speaking vulnerably to your clients around what you're experiencing in your business. You know, most of us are, are business owners, and and we can have that connection with the clients that are business owners because we can talk peer to peer in that sense. Um, and say, we tried this, it didn't work, or we tried this and it worked really well, um, and then work with the client on how they implement that into their business. Um, and, and the attitude we've really taken to it is if we can be really efficient in a difficult time where staff are hard to attract or retain, um, how good is our firm going to be when that starts to unlock and free up? Um, and that's really taking um, what we would say is a, you know, most people will see it as a challenge. We want to make it a springboard for the business. Um, and, and, and part of that is, you know, having a really good look at technology where appropriate. So as Dave mentioned, you know, technology is moving ahead at leaps and bounds. We've got an attitude where we don't want to be the first adopter of any of the software. We'll let, uh, some other people make mistakes, but we will very much engage and talk and find out what, what the issues have been so that if we're not in the first 5%, but we're in that second five to 10%, um, we can learn from other mistakes, but we can also then pick up the efficiencies wherever we can. Um, and, and it's very much still about driving a business case for it. So um, we're a big believer in um, typically, and Dave, I don't mean to be disparaging when I say this, but accountants are very good at seeing the next shiny thing and wanting to look at it, really putting it through the ringer uh, and making sure there's a strong business case for it. Um, and then also making sure that the cybersecurity is up to scratch with it because we do hold a lot of data. And, you know, if you were if you put your put your villain hat on, the amount of data we control that could lead to very bad consequences. We're we're almost at the top of the tree there uh, of how much we've got. Um, so so that's that's been a really big focus. Um, we do use outsourcing both off and onshore. Um, that presents its own challenges. But again, if you come back to having really strong processes and really strong procedures in place and you set really strong communication with your team, um, there are efficiencies to be gained there. So that was that was probably the, the first focus internally. Um, the second thing is, and this is probably a, a bit of a personal one for me, um, I want the accounting profession to be seen as a pillar of the community again. And I think that's something that we're, we're sort of losing. So, you know, 
it got mentioned before around, um, you know, we've been pretty high on the trusted industry index. We're actually slipping. We're down to 17. Uh, and that's the lowest we've been in this country for a very long time. Um, and so, you know, when I wanted to be an accountant and we talk about it being, a, you know, it's not a sexy industry, but one of my earliest memories, and it's a bit of a morbid one, but the biggest funeral that I ever went to was for the local accountant in in the suburb that I grew up in. And they actually had to set up, you know, speakers and everything outside the church just because they couldn't fit everyone in. Now, that that man was engaged with the community and he was helping a lot of the community. He was very, very good with his privacy, but he was engaged and he would go and make the time to get into the sporting organisations or the schools that he was connected to um, and just be a part of the community. And I think that's a big thing that we've sort of struggled with off the back of COVID is that we are so weighed down with the workload that we've forgotten to just force ourselves to get out and do that. The good thing about that is it also brings the fun. And that's one thing that we've really tried to do in the business is bring the fun back. So we've got two two team members off at a conference at the moment. The expectation is that they're going to go and network and have a good time. They've got to bring some ideas back. But it's very much things that we have lost over the last few years, which were the fun part of the job, the joy, why you wanted to get into it in the first place was that you had that flexibility. Um, you could go and, and, you know, if you're a drinker, go and have a few drinks and meet some new people and discuss challenges. So, you know, one of the great things of Young Guns last year was that there was a, a really good group of people, which, you know, for me, I'm still connected with a lot of them, where we can share ideas and share our problems and 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 connect and just realise that, you know, we're, we're all fighting the good fight. We're trying to help clients, but we're, you know, we're allowed to have fun while we do that as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I suppose the extension of that is 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 network and give your team the chance to network. So um, that's that's what we're we're uh, really implementing here is giving people space in their diaries to have some unproductive time where they can go and network. That brings a whole lot of skills around it. So you know you get to present in front of a group of business owners every every few months if you're a part of a networking group. I'm one a part of one that meets every fortnight for a breakfast. Um, but you'll also hear other ideas and you'll get connected with other people. And if you take the the mindset of I'm the connector in this, how can I connect with someone who owns a business that can help my clients or how can I help that business get introduced to some of my clients where I can see some linkages, you can really then start to build that community around you. Uh, and that will help lift our industry, I think, if we can get back to that as our as our core belief. Uh, and then I suppose a little bit on the back of, of what John said, my, my last point is really around client engagement. Um, that That is the number one key to where our industry at and how we should be focusing on the next 12 months in my in my mind is we, we are seen as just tax these days and we need to really shake that off because we have the client's data at our fingertips purely because we have to do the tax. We need to look at them every three months if they're doing their quarterly bass. Take the conversation further. Don't get stuck in the routine of I've got so many basses and they're all due on the 28th of August. Try and stagger your workflow over. You know the clients that just love to have their zero file or their, their bookkeeping file buttoned up on the first of the next month at the end of the quarter. Take that opportunity to get their stuff done early, but then have a conversation with them and say, hey, what's happening with your business? What are the pinch points? Um, I was sitting at, at one of the networking groups the other day and this blew me away, this comment. I, I was talking to the to, to the person I was next to about some challenges he was having in his business. And he said, you said you're an accountant. Aren't you talking about business coaching? And I was just blown away. Like, since when did accounting and business coaching become two separate industries? They're not. 
we can help people run very good businesses. And if we are helping people run very good businesses, they will need our services more often. And so a rising tide floats all boats in that sense. Um, and I think the the challenge sort of from the last few years has been that the junior team members haven't had that exposure to, say, the partners and the seniors having those conversations because they haven't been in the room with them. They were on screens and they've got comfortable to, with being at home. You really need to encourage and give the space to all of the team to have those conversations and really make a big deal out of it if if something good comes out of it and celebrate it because we don't we don't often celebrate these things enough. Um, we're seen as probably a begrudge purchase because of the tax side of things. Everyone has to do tax. That's why it's part of the joke about deaths and taxes. But we need to celebrate the good things. And when we really help a client, you know, ask them for their feedback so that we can help build our business. Um, because if we can help them, you can guarantee there's going to be another 10 people in your client list that are going through the same issues. Um, and, and I think that additional services will flow from those conversations um, and, and us being able to determine what the client's actually saying. So the, the last example I want to give was I had two back-to-back client meetings six weeks ago. They were both architects and I went out and had a coffee with each of them. They both told me that they were having cash flow issues. Over the coffee though, the first architect was struggling to get any clients in the door to even engage and get quotes out. The second one was getting plenty of quotes. He just couldn't get any of the work to land. So they will see and feel the pressure on themselves as cash flow. But us as the accountant can have that conversation to say, well, actually, you're not engaging with the clients that you want to in the first case. And with the second client, well, why aren't you closing these quotes? Because the work's there to be done. You're getting them in the door. It's just not turning into billables. Um, mm. And that's where they're getting stuck. So it, it, it's very much a, you've got the floor to do that. You've got the the, the contact uh, and, and you know, back to Dave's point around the CRM work. You, you have the time and we have a lot of contact points during the year. You just need to have the confidence to sit down and, and have a conversation. That's um, that's fantastic, Maddie. In fact, the whole four sessions were fantastic. Thanks very much, Petrus and Dave, Jono, and also Maddie. Um, guys, if anybody does have any questions, we have got a little bit of time left, which is good. Please feel free to pop them into the chat box. So if you want to actually ask any of our presenters today anything directly, we can organise that as well. But I know my partner in crime has been sitting there very quiet, which is rather unusual. Uh, I'm sure he has a couple of questions to ask. So why don't I give the floor to you, Dave? Oh, so I had to break off for a second to deal with a tradie. I've got about 10 tradies in my front yard at the moment. Um, the, I was intrigued by um, what you had to say, Matt, about the reputation of our profession. And I suspect that that stat was taken way before the big four got themselves into all sorts of trouble with the government. And that then leads me to wonder whether we're going to fall even further down the list. And even worse than that, the government is now talking about more uh, more slash different regulation and, in fact, maybe a new regulatory body for the profession. And all of that, you know, really starts to worry me that we're going to become a bit like the financial planning industry with regulation coming out of our ears which would be the last thing we want. So one of the thoughts I've got is, you know, what should we be doing to try and differentiate, um, to say we are not like the big four, we're, we're, we're different, we do different things to try and ensure that our reputation is maintained as best as it can. Yeah, 
know whether any of you got a comment on that issue. I might jump in. Um, I think it's it's important for us to to be getting our professional bodies to to assist with this um, and and really lobbying them to do it. One of the things which we'll all remember from our from our studies and around ethics is that a profession is self regulating. It's one of the pillars of a profession, and if you don't have that, you are not a profession. And that's you know that's a word that doesn't mean as much as it used to. But we all do our CPD um and 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 we all make the time to make sure that we're we're keeping relevant in that space and we're doing it from the point of view of wanting to help our clients but we need to be stronger in i suppose whether advertising is the right word i'm not sure but preaching that message and getting it out there to say there are there are some bad headlines there are some bad players that happens everywhere but as a whole we are still a strong industry and we are a profession and a true profession uh, and 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 speaking to the value of of why we continue to go through the effort of training and and continuing to upskill. So, I mean, a personal a personal story to me on the importance of of continued professional development is why I'm here today. I had a kidney transplant two years ago. The only reason that I'm still alive though is because the doctor that operated on me when I was three weeks old had just got back from the states and done CPD on an operation that was previously not able to be done in Australia. Now, wow. doctors are really good at discussing that and putting themselves forward in that space. There's no reason that when we take uh, go to a conference and we pick up some ideas and we pick up some new software and we can come back and bring that back to the businesses that we deal with or the clients that we deal with and properly help them, we are just not good enough because typically we are, uh, by nature, not wanting to promote and self-promote. We are not good enough at self-promoting, though. Can I just... But in and yeah. say that I love what you had to say, Matt, and um, especially your bit about we need to get back out into the community. Young people don't want to do accounting as a profession. They're not studying it at school. They won't enrol at university. We've got declining numbers wanting to do our professional exams. It's up to each of us who are in the industry to go out and say what we actually do because what we actually do isn't bookkeeping anymore. It's just something entirely far more interesting and creative than that. So I loved what you said about getting back out into the community and I wholeheartedly agree. It's nice yes. work. Yeah. It's and it's it's impacted as well once again by the big four whose reputation as employers is also in tatters um over the last six months that can't be helping the profession at large either. Dave, we just had a question in chat linking into the big four from Michael mm. Fox. Michael was asking, are we as accountants, accountants, whilst the four big four are more consultants? So is that our key point of differentiation? Well, parts of the big four are consultants, but if you look at their revenues, a huge amount of revenue still comes out of audit and tax. Mm. So um, you know you you can't you can't say that they're all consulting. But yes, it's you know primarily the consulting arms that are getting themselves in the trouble. But the the human resource cultural issues that are coming out through all of these inquiries that's right across the firms. It's not just in the consulting arms. Yeah. So, and and the fear is that it's that's where the kids they they there are such a large employers in the accounting industry. That's where the kids are finding out what life in an accounting firm's about. 
Mm. So somehow, I I agree with Matt. The I've I've been very disappointed by how the accounting bodies themselves have reacted to these issues, and um, in my opinion, failed to take sufficient leadership. No, I agree hundred percent. And I've gone I've gone public to say the exact same thing, Dave. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a question from uh, from Stu Blizzard over at uh, Perth, actually. Stu, good day, Stu. Saying it's a great team session. What specific tasks are you seeing accounting firms use AI to do? Anyone like to take that one on? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the, the the firm versus the individual. As I mentioned, that the, I think if you are giving a team member some work to do, chances are that a good section of your um, uh, staff community is saying, how do I get some AI help for this? If I want to put together a PowerPoint presentation, if I want to need to write a letter, if I need to condense some ideas into three key points, I think we can safely assume that individuals are doing that. And to my point earlier, they're doing that off-piste. They're not using the tools that are um, provided by the employer. Right? So that is, that's fantastic. Uh, but... That's, this is where I say there's got to be a really clear line to say uh, chunking a whole lot of information into three key points, yes. Putting data in there that says, I've got a client called Mark Holton who earns a million bucks a year and he's got these assets, what should I do? That, uh, again, they'll, they'll crunch out an opinion on that. That's data that should not be going off the reservation. Back in the with the software and, and practice software, so the uh, machine learning and the ability for uh, AI to look at data that's in your system and connect A with B. So for example, we can have the system looking for a date and saying, okay, it is now the uh, the 28th of the month and this client we provide a certain service for that we need some information by them by a certain cutoff and that can then flag that as a reminder. The system, your little virtual assistant can say, They've looked at a data point on the calendar, a data point in PM, and potentially some um, GL data as well, to then surface reminders and prompts to go do something. So I think that's a business-type use case. And we've also got uh, many manifestations of um, individuals deciding to uh, delegate uh, some of their tasks to these um, uh, separately procured tools. Yes, which which in itself is not necessarily a bad thing, um, as long as people are aware that this is happening, and you know I always liken using AI the same as you would use an intern. Um, throw a problem at them, let them do their research, come back with some answers, and you'll know that you'll that half of it will be wrong and half of it might be okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll be able to use bits of it. And as long as you have that sort of attitude about it, um, I think that that's fine today. Um, where it is in a few years' time, no one, no one knows really. But um, you know, to to not use these things and not have the benefit of um, being able to be more efficient and and improve the quality of what we're doing, um, I think everyone should be. You know, trying to use this use this tech all the time. You know, I run a multi-screen environment. One of my screens has always got a Chat GPT window open. I use it for all sorts of things. Yeah, 
Can I just say, I just can I just address there's a comment in the QA, which is a very good comment that was just made. Um, and I'm just going to apologize if I use the language step up for an admin team, because it's just saying that uh, they're disappointed that I I made the comment that the admin team should step up. If I use those actual words, that is not at all what I meant. When I go in and I do strategy days and I do coaching within an accounting firm, it is the entire firm. What I meant was that they are, and I coach the managers of and the practice managers in, in accounting firms, and I think they do a brilliant job. And if I gave the impression of anything else, I sincerely apologise, not what I meant. What I meant was a different way of sharing tasks and we have a shortage in one area. Can we perhaps get other professionals in to take on some of those tasks we've traditionally left with others? That's all that I was talking about. So for the miscon miscommunication of oh, I apologize for that not what I meant thanks thanks for clearing that up Petrus we're just about running out of time guys but Dave you got one other question for any of the panelists today that we could possibly ask um I was intrigued um Dave with uh and fully agree with you I think cybersecurity has to be right up there in terms of people's um focus for the next 12 months if not forever um but um you know, I've come across tools like Know Before. I don't know whether any of you have come across Know Before, which is essentially a tool that um, a, a training environment for all of the staff to um, learn about how they can be tricked, um, yeah. but also then uh, those those types of environments then send out um, emails to try and trick you. Yeah. To see yeah. how effective they are. And in my mind, every firm needs to be using that type of tech because you need to lift everyone's skills in this area to a very, very high level because the, the crooks are getting smarter and smarter by the day. So that, yeah. for me, I was glad that you raised that, Dave, because I, I th see that as a really high priority. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And that's the difference between learning a couple of concepts and then getting on with your life versus regular practice so yeah. skills and practice right practice a different thing so yeah. we certainly do that internally i often get uh little test emails that look yeah. juicy to click on for one reason or another and that data is kept right so we know where we need to educate more etc yeah. so yes ongoing and ongoing experiential learning and awareness i think is a very important part of it yeah fantastic thanks dave and thanks dave and thanks, Petrus and Jono and, and Maddie. We really appreciate your time. Um, Andrew, back to you just to uh, pop up the details for our next event, which is Young Guns. Yes. Uh, and and getting organised. Just, just a reminder, everybody, that if you do have any questions that you do want to answer, any member of our, anyone on our panel, including David and I, please pop us an email and we'll certainly pop that through to, to Petrus, Dave, Matt, and John. Um, very quickly, Matt did a bit of a, a wonderful segue into this event. This is our 2023 Young Guns event. Um, we're doing this up on the Gold Coast on the 2nd and 3rd of November at the Hilton Hotel. We had 80 dynamic young accountants, uh, partners in the audience last year, and we're looking at that sort of number again this year. I think it'll be a wonderful event. And I think the greatest thing is the four people that you've heard from today are all going to be presenting at that event. So there'll be another chance to, to dig in a bit deeper with some of the key issues relating to the industry.
And, and again, uh, the Access Group are offering the Young Gun of the Year award, which Matt runs second, very close second in last year. And we're really quite appreciative of APS's support with this event and looking forward to the applications coming in, which I'm sure Andrea will uh, coordinate leading up to the event as well. So early birds still going. Love to see you there. And again, before we do finish, let me thank Petrus, Dave, Matt, and also John for the time today and the wisdom and the fantastic guidance you've provided. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. I'll just jump on and uh, let you know that the session is recorded and it will be sent out later today. Um, thanks so much to all of the panellists for joining us today and um, hope to see everybody soon at Young Guns. Thank you all. Thanks, all. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. I really appreciate it.